If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And you can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Hispanic Genealogy Talk. My name is Cynthia Ann, the host, and in today is August 8th, 2020. And I would like to continue my talk on genealogical resources. In the last podcast, my guest Lenny Trujillo, president of the Genealogical Society of Hispanic America, discussed ways a membership could support your journey. I'm a member and I highly agree that it's been extremely helpful. He also sent me a list of Facebook groups that I would like to share with you. I will be putting that on my Facebook blog, uh, along with recommendations and links to what we'll be discussing today. And you can find that uh, Facebook blog just by searching Hispanic Genealogy Talk blog in your search bar. So I find that some people that I have worked with in the past and looking for their ancestors have, haven't really got a clue as to where to start. And in the last couple of podcasts that I recorded for you, I uh, did mention how to actually begin. But this is in addition to once you've started everything and you're ready to go and uh, you'd like more resources. And so this talk is going to be about those resources. It's going to be about how you can expand your search and actually how you can help yourself by reaching out to others. That's going to be very important because there's so many people now that are understanding that genealogical work is not something that's frivolous. It's actually quite important in identifying your tribe, if you will, identifying the group of people that you are most similar to. And of course that would be in the top of someone's head. Well, that's easy, my family, right? So my mother, my father, my grandfather, my grandmother, and et cetera, down the line. But most people don't have that connection. A lot of people don't have that connection anymore. The grandparents have died. They haven't left them with a record, a written record, and they have left them with a lot of questions, holes in their, in their genealogical story. And so it's important for you to, uh, know what these resources are in addition to doing your own groundwork and to doing your own search for your documents, you're going to come up inevitably with a brick wall. And when you do, you're going to need these resources. You're going to need to reach out because maybe there'll be people in your immediate family that can't help you. And so you need to go and reach out to others. And part of this talk is going to be um, 
deal with how you reach out to a certain group of people. And what I mean to say by that is each one of us is descended from a certain area. And we're talking about Hispanics here in this particular case, Mexico or Latin America. And what many people fail to realize is that Mexico, for me anyway, is a very big place. It's like the United States. There's the South, the North, the East, the West. And geography plays a very big factor in the culture, the ways of, of living, and even in language to many, to many degrees. Um, for instance, my people came from Northern Mexico, so in order to be exact, and Baja on my dad's side. And um, they, as far back as I have been able to go with them, they didn't really relate very much to people that came from Central Mexico or Southern Mexico, because it was a different way of living in Sonora. And if you're from Sonora, you probably understand what I'm talking about. Or even from um, Northern Mexico, uh, it's very agricultural based community. When the Spanish came, they introduced cattle and agriculture to the region. And uh, of course, it's a very big deserty area. So it was really focused on agriculture from that point going forward. And a lot of the people that are in my line in my past, all of my ancestors, in one way or another had something to do with agriculture, especially on my mom's side. Some people on my dad's side were, um, I come to find out that they were actual sailors because they lived very close to Baja, California, and that whole bay. So it's very regional. And in many ways, we don't, we have our own culture than those from Southern Mexico or Central Mexico. Uh, even the, the native population was very different. And it's very easy to, and very tempting to try and lump everything in and say, oh, we're just, I'm just uh, one big native person, or I'm just, uh, I come from the Spanish side and maybe you don't even know uh, where in Spain you came from. Um, and not take into account the actual ge geography from which your ancestors lived for many, many decades and centuries in most cases. My uh, mother's side of the family and my father's side of the family, as far as I can tell, stayed in that area in northern Mexico for over 300 years. And um, it, it's... It, it took me a while to absorb all of that and to understand that in many ways, my mother had a different type of culture than maybe from uh, people in central Mexico or southern Mexico. And there was a time when, before it was even Mexico, that it was called something else. And a lot of those stories filtered down through me. And so it's really important to understand that everything is regional. And so you can't assume that in talking with another person, say, for instance, from Mexico, 
that you're going to be able to relate 100% with that person from Mexico. It's going to be based on region. It's going to be based on geography. And so it's really important that you narrow your focus. Uh, it's great uh, if you want to do research on the whole area. Definitely, generically speaking, everybody kind of had the same government they had to live under. Um, but the way that they translated their life was very different in many cases. I often hear arguments, even within the Hispanic community. Um, let's take, for instance, New Mexico, where the people of New Mexico don't even consider themselves uh, that they are from Mexico. And of course, New Mexicans have a very long history, just like people who came over here to California uh, in the 17th and the 1800s and uh, basically settled here even before before there was a United States of America. And so they consider themselves Californios. And it's just really important to be able to, and this is why digging deep into your ancestry is so important, because you want to know, and, it, and, and, and in learning about where you descend from, it helps you to see the cultural connections you have with your parents, your grandparents, and so on. Because as I said in one of my last podcasts, uh, culture is the last thing to, to die out. Language, too, is one of the last things to die out. And um, so most people like to keep that. And if you're like me and you have a lot of questions about your ancestors and you want to learn more about them and yourself, a deep dive into your history is the best option. Don't rely just on what someone else is telling you about the territory. Find out about your experiences, your family's experiences living on the land and where that land may have been is very important. So there, um, it will clarify a lot of who you are and who your parents were and great grandparents were. And it will help you to really get a sense of your past and why these things are the way they are in your family. I came across a very interesting article that was uh, written by um, Harvard University, actually, uh, the School of uh, Arts and Sciences. Um, it's, it's a couple of years old, but I found it fascinating. I'm going to um, attach a link to the, the story I'm telling you about uh, in my Facebook blog. Um, but the article is very interesting, and the title of it is How Science and Genetics Are Reshaping the Race Debate of the 21st Century. And it, uh, I found it very fascinating because I found myself agreeing with most of it. And what it was really saying basically is that race is a social construct. And what we really should be looking at is how we culturally developed, how your group of people, how your tribe, how your people dealt with the land, the resources that were on the land and the various different influences that 
basically created the culture from which you descend from. And um, I'm going to go ahead and post that link because I think it's a really wonderful article. It's kind of long, uh, but uh, you, you can um, take your time reading it and absorbing what the article has to say. And I bring that to your attention because I also find a lot of people very kind of confused about the whole concept of, of race in general. And I'm of the belief that race in the genetic biological sense doesn't exist. Uh, it is a social construct. And really what we have is culture. And culture is derived from the ge a geographic location from where you find your ancestors living. If it's a long-term situation, all the better. Um, it really does define who you are when you are reinteracting with the land, with the resources of the land, and um, it helps to identify you and all of the little idiosyncrasies of your background. And so I hope you get a chance to read it. I found it fascinating and I, I thought it was well worth the read. And um, in the future, I will be sharing with you other tips, recommendations, books. I will definitely be bringing more people on board to talk um, on the podcast, uh, trying to line up some people now so that we can go over some of these ideas. I think the dialogue uh, portion of the podcast would be very helpful for listeners. And uh, it I love talking to people as well. And also just a, a little add to that, if you do have a very interesting story that you'd like to share on this podcast, please send me a, drop me a line, go to my Facebook blog, Hispanic Genealogy Talk blog, you can find that and on Facebook and send me a message. I'd love to hear about what you have to say and uh, we could possibly be able to get you on the podcast as well. So a few other things I'd like to mention. Um, in researching and trying to get more information about that geographical location of yours, what I found most important when I was doing my searches was to use Google Earth. And I know there's quite a few people out there who have used it in the past very successfully. I would encourage you to um, go to a, a fast internet Wi-Fi station like um, Subway if you don't have something like that at, at home because it, it's one of those very labor-intensive apps that require fast internet access so that it doesn't frustrate you because I, many times I don't have great access and internet access here at where I'm at in my studio. And, um, it kind of frustrates me, but, um, I'll just go out and I'll find some good uh, Wi-Fi somewhere and, and be able to do my searches from there. And one of the things that I have found with Google earth is, um, the ability to really just zero in and just dive down into like a bird that location from which your ancestors came from 
you could really see the terrain. You could see the mountains. You could see the rivers. I found some excellent um, information in doing that in one of my ancestors who was a miner and um, in Mexico uh, in this one place called San Antonio de la Huerta. And maybe there's some people that um, are listening now who have ancestors from there. And it, uh, it really, I dove down into that area and I couldn't believe how close that area was to the Yaqui River. And it's interesting because there was a lot of talk in my family about, about being descended from that particular tribe. And um, of course, I haven't found proof yet of it, but it seems to me that maybe there may have over a course of time gotten that confused a little bit with the fact that the Yaqui River was so close to where uh, these ancestors were mining within walking distance, really. And um, the reason is, is because um, they had to use that water to mine for the gold and the silver they were looking for. They needed that water to pump out uh, some of the areas in which they needed to, to mine for gold. And so to me, that was like an aha moment. I was like, look at that. Look how close that river is. And it's very possible that centuries ago, there may have been native that had, because of the fact that it was so close to the river itself, um, that the natives may have actually been living there at one time. Um, so I was actually able to see the river. I was actually able to go and look at some of the mountainous region that my ancestors lived in and worked in. And I, it gave me a new appreciation for what um, life must have been like for them. Uh, it was a visual that took me back a, a, a century or two uh, because that area has not changed. There's maybe a couple of new houses, you know, scattered about. There's not really, uh, the mountains are still pretty much uh, barren. Uh, it's very hard to live in that area. So there's very few people that live there. But it, it really confirmed to me that uh, my ancestors uh, were some hardy people. To be able to have lived in that environment, in that harsh environment, to be able to raise kids, to be able to survive and thrive in many ways was really um, a very a, a moment of pride for me because I had the visual. It's right there staring in my face. And that is because of Google Earth. Um, it's a free uh, app, so if you don't have it, you can go ahead and uh, download it and begin to use it. And you can use it anywhere in the world. You can actually put in addresses and it will go straight down in there and it will give you a guided tour. You'll have a little, um, a little person, a little avatar that will, that will be you and you'll be standing there walking the different um, aisles of the street or whatever. When my daughter was in Spain last year, I was able to Google down into the very street and location and in many ways actually look into the buildings of the um, townhouse that she was living there for a while. This was a, um, a, a trip that she took with her, with her uh, college. 
and uh, she was there for a while. And so it gave me great relief to be able to know, okay, I can see these streets. I can see they're nice and clean. I don't see a lot of danger there. And, um, and I would use it frequently during that period of time uh, that she was gone. Now I use it all the time when I come up against, uh, when I come in contact with a document that I feel uh, is my ancestor or that I know for a fact is my ancestor. And it has a, it has a, an actual, um, a lot of these documents will actually have addresses as to where these people live a hundred year, 150 years ago. And so I will uh, Google that address. And sure enough, that same little town, that same little street, that same little corner from which my ancestors lived is still there. And it's mind blowing. I think it's wonderful. So I highly recommend Google Earth. I can go ahead and uh, put a link to that as well, just so you'll learn more about how that particular link operates. However, I do have to warn you that it does require the latest um, operating system because it's 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 such an incredibly forceful uh, app. Um, I believe they use the satellites that are hovering above the Earth to um, to narrow and uh, uh, navigate uh, your address and find exactly the location that you're looking for. And uh, the faster the uh, the operating system is, the newer the operating system is, the faster your download will be on that um, image it's trying to give you. Uh, if you have a very slow processor or an old computer, you might get a little frustrated using Google Earth, but as I said, go someplace that has faster Wi-Fi. Right now we can't do very much. We can't even go to the library because of the pandemic, which is still dragging on in the United States of America as I speak and in the world. Uh, but you can certainly drive up to, you know, Starbucks or one of these other places, get yourself a cup of coffee and sit in your car and, uh, and uh, entertain yourself uh, uh, using Google Earth that way. Um, I like to, I mean, I'm always on the go too, not so much anymore, but in the past I was always on the go and I would, I would literally take my briefcase with all of my, uh, search, uh, documents and I would, uh, I would, wherever I would, I'd park and I would just do some of my ancestry work. It's an ongoing thing. It's never going to stop. I mean, obviously you have so many ancestors over the course of, of, uh, of hundreds of years and um, each one of them has a unique story. And so in uh, doing a little bit more research and the resources that I wanted to talk about with this podcast, I think it's important for you to pull in these resources I'm talking about today. I'm going to put a link to the various different um, groups that Lenny uh, uh, shared with me and um, I will be putting them on uh, for you to take a look at. Now, these are uh, these are Facebook groups. These are groups that you will find just by searching. And then, of course, uh, you want to go ahead and, um, if you're interested in it, uh, just request to be a member. Uh, and that will link you to so many people. You'll be very happy that you did. Uh, there's many, many people out there that are willing to help you. Uh, 
I am always impressed with the community of Hispanic genealogists out there. We're all aiming for the same thing. And the hope is, if I help you, maybe you can help me. Maybe you know something I don't. Maybe we're related. And so there's a, a lot of camaraderie within the Hispanic genealogical groups on Facebook. They're very generous. Some of them will even, some of the members will even uh, translate some of the difficult texts that we find, uh, the, the, the old archaic Spanish language, which oof, I have to get a book sometimes to uh, translate some of these words I, I don't know. Um, and you'll find some members of these genealogical groups on Facebook more than happy, more than willing to look at your document and, and um, identify maybe a name that you can't get right or the name of something you can't get right. There's a lot of people on Facebook helping each other. And there's, there's a lot of uh, Facebook groups too. Um, I'll give you an example. Lenny sent me uh, a whole list of them that he's a member of. Of course, the first one at the top is the Genealogical Society of Hispanic America. We talked about that. Uh, do become a member. It's a wonderful organization. And out where I am in Southern California, um, I posted a link to where you can go and become a member if you're from here. If not, uh, the, it's a... Um, a national association so you can find them and and connect with one of the chapters where you come from there's quite a few though there's early california genealogy just to name a few there's a sonora state genealogical group uh, that's i believe i'm a member of that one as well there is new spain in new mexico uh, let's see there's mexican genealogy um, that's a really good one. Mexican, if you're Mexican, uh, uh, if your ancestors are from Mexico, Mexican genealogy is a very good one. Moses runs that one. Um, he's, he's actually got a, um, uh, something he's going to be doing in September. It's the first conference. It's the first internet conference that he, uh, has put together. I've signed up for it. Sounds really good. It's uh, over a course of a few days, but if you can't make it, uh, he will give you access up until I believe November. Um, that's a, a very good um, offer. And there'll be quite a few people, quite a few speakers at that conference. Of course, these conferences are really great opportunities to get to know some of these uh, speakers and also to network with others that are looking for their ancestors. But of course the pandemic has slowed everything down to a crawl and we can't get together. So uh, I am supporting, um, I am supporting that particular um, internet conference with Moses because I, uh, I want to learn a little bit more about well, what the speakers are going to say, but also because I think uh, we need to keep the conversation going. We need to keep the dialogue going. And, um, of course, is Moses, if you're listening, <laughs> I'd love to have you on the podcast. So, uh, what else? Uh, Genealogical Society of Hispanic America. We spoke about that. Our Sonora, Arizona ancestors, Baja California Sur State Genealogical Group. I just joined them. And, um, Nuevo Galicia Genealogical Society. Uh, Nuevo Mundo Historical and Genealogical Society. So all of these will be posted on the blog in the next uh, 24 hours uh, with links. And that way it'll be easy for you to just access those and go and, 
and uh, become members if you want to. Uh, there's, there are, there's so many out there. And one of the things I just want you to keep in mind is to remember, um, when you're learning about your ancestors, be specific, be regional, be focused, and, um, try and keep, uh, keep it simple. There's so much you can, you can learn out there. Um, and, as a genealogist and a historian, I love learning about all these things. I love learning about Mexico in general. I love learning about Spain in general, and then the rest of the world. I uh, spent four months one year in, in Europe, just going through various different uh, countries there. So I am a big believer in travel, which hopefully in the future we'll be able to do. And if you can uh, save some of your money and go, I would encourage you to do that. But then I also want you to keep in mind that your people are specific and regional and they're, they're unique to the land from which they came. If you learn that, and if you learn at, to dissect every piece of that part of who you are, you will be better off. You will get to know yourself. And as the old, the old, adage says to thine own self be true and how can we know ourselves if we don't know even where we come from